Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Town of Portland weekly podcast. Although we, uh, because of scheduling problems, we didn't have a podcast last week, but we're back on board again uh, this week. This is episode 12. And uh, with us uh, today, as our uh, our usuals, we have our uh, Chatham Health Director, Mr. Mr. Russell Melmud, who is on the line as long as well as our uh, Fire Chief and Public Works Director, Mr. Bob Shea. And uh, Susan will be joining us uh, momentarily. She is actually in line uh, getting a COVID test over in uh, over in Middletown at the at the Walgreens Pharmacy. So, welcome all. Welcome, Russ. Uh, how you doing? They keeping you busy? Uh, busy as ever. Yes. Uh, I feel like, uh, like I'm, like I'm cheating almost when I work, you know, less than 50 hours a week, uh, lately since, uh, during the peak of the first wave of the pandemic here was, uh, felt like nonstop work. So now when I'm, when I'm under 50, I feel like, boy, this is like a vacation. Uh, What's going on? You don't know what to do with your spare time. Right, with all that free time. <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyway, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the governor's been doing his uh, weekly uh, uh, press briefings uh, in the evening. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like Ke- uh, Connecticut is going in the right direction as well as uh, New York and, and so forth. But I can't say that much for the rest of the country. So uh, give us the update on, on when, what's happening here in Connecticut and uh, the Chatham Health District. Sure. So uh, we're, we're doing uh, very well in the state of Connecticut and, and in Chatham Health Districts especially. Uh, largely, I would say, you know, we seem to have, uh, in the month of June at this point, uh, broken most of the chain of transmission. We are seeing very few cases. Um, you know, in the month of June, <clears throat> to date anyway, across Chatham Health District, we've only had 10 cases. Compare that to May, where we had 84, and April, where we had 159. Uh, and you can just kind of see that the trajectory is certainly good. <clears throat> in Portland, in particular, in the month of June, we've only had one case. One That's great. Case. That doesn't mean that there aren't uh, a few others out there, especially family members sometimes of, of a person who's been sick, uh, won't get tested. They'll just stay home, uh, even if they are sick. But we really aren't seeing a lot of COVID-19 activity in the community right now, which is is great news. Um, testing is up. Uh, we are seeing a lot of testing um, and very few cases, and that's exactly what we were hoping for. So just to give you some numbers in Chatham Health District uh, in the month of April when we had our, our peak of our wave, uh, we only tested across Chatham Health District 761 people, and 20% of those came back positive. Uh, the benchmark is we want to see fewer than 10% of tests coming back positive. That lets us know that we have adequate testing capacity, that anybody who might be sick or exposed can get a test and is getting tested, um, and so that we, we can find everybody uh, who may be sick and get them the right messages about right. staying home, reach their contacts, and let their contacts know that they might have been exposed and to self-quarantine. So in April, we had 20% of our 761 tests were positive. <clears throat> then jumped to May, we had 1,933 tests and only 6% positive. And June to date, <clears throat> we've got 1,722 tests, and only 1.3% are positive. So uh, this is all, all great news for us. Um, 
So we're seeing, we're, we're testing more, we're seeing fewer cases. And as difficult as April and May have been, as we we all were all staying home and many of us were not going to work, um, and as much of a struggle as it's been to go through a deliberate and slow phased approach to reopening. Right. Can't emphasize enough how successful that approach has been. It, uh, it really has. When you look, yeah. I mean, it's wearing masks, uh, staying out of uh, large groups, especially indoors, putting in place all the necessary protective measures for businesses um, before they reopen. When you compare our approach to what's uh, happened in the South, Florida, Texas, Arizona, where they had stay-at-home orders in some of those places, and they just let them expire. No, no mask wearing, no rules for businesses um, to follow to, to mitigate the, the impact of trans, uh, to mitigate transmission. And they are seeing they're having a really hard time in some of those states to the south that, that really didn't do this slow, deliberate, um, and difficult, yes, rules-based approach to opening back up our society, civic society, businesses, and the economy. Um, they are staring at a, 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 a wave, a huge wave. I mean, they are in an acceleration phase, and we have decelerated so much that we're really just not seeing that many cases in our community. So I think the other thing when I look to the South that, that, that what's going on down there tells me is that the idea that COVID-19 might be a seasonal infection has largely been now dismissed. I don't, I don't think you can look at what's happening in the South in the warm, hot weather and the acceleration in cases they're seeing and say that the COVID-19 is, is seasonal. And, and perhaps if it is, then we're all in for it come the fall. Um, for sure. But seeing the number of cases in the South, I think that um, it's hard to say that seasonality has a lot to do with what's going on. It really doesn't. Sure. Now, Russ, do you think um, that the, uh, um, uh, for, for what I'm all intents and purposes, the, the mis, mixed messaging that's coming down from the federal level and other places, is, does that have, do you think, an effect on, uh, you know, people's interpretation of, uh, you know, what they should be doing and how they should be doing it? Um, I think that the messages for, at the federal level have been mixed. Um, I think the CDC has been uh, a slow and deliberate and correct in a lot of their messages, but it really hasn't been amplified at the highest levels of, of the federal government. So, you know, when, when I say amplify, I mean, you know, we need everybody, you know, at all levels of government telling every citizen the ways, the behaviors that they can, um, they, they can do to mitigate the risk of, of transmission, to really prevent transmission. So we are seeing some mixed messages. It does make it difficult. Um, I think it makes it difficult for our federal public health colleagues at the CDC um, when they're putting messages out and, and it's not getting amplified everywhere and there is some, some mixed messages. But, you know, in Connecticut anyway, we're, we're seeing uh, the messages from the CDC being amplified by the State Department of Public Health, by local health departments, by our governor, uh, really across the board, and people are paying attention. Sure, sure, um, absolutely. I go out and about and I see people wearing masks. Right. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and we continue to see some protests uh, uh, for uh, racial discrimination, and I see pictures of a lot of people wearing masks. Most people wearing masks. Most people trying their best to stay six feet apart. And we haven't seen spikes in cases as a result of those protests locally. Right. So I think that's, that's good news. Right. I know. I was, um, uh, last week we had our uh, 
uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, and and uh, for all intents and purposes, I guess it was a demonstration down in front of the uh, the Brownstone School, and and all the board of selectmen were there, and uh, they issued a prox- uh, you know racism proclamation and all that kind of thing, and uh, you know for for the most part, every everybody was complying, uh, not not only staying socially distanced, but everybody was wearing a mask, and I think uh, that's evident, and I mean that's great for Connecticut too, because uh, obviously. You know, we are in the reopening process and the fact that the, uh, you know, the businesses and so forth are, uh, you know, getting back opened up and our numbers are still going in the right direction. That, that, that says yeah. a lot. That, that's right. And I, I just to piggyback on something you just said there, Dave, um, you know, going to, to large mass gatherings, something I would still discourage people from doing. Um, I understand racism is a, is a public health crisis. If you're going to go to a protest or rally, let's not exacerbate one public health crisis by trying to address another. So if you're going to one of those things, please wear a mask. Um, please stay six feet apart from others as much as possible. Sure. And <clears throat> not just rallies. Let's talk about the 4th of July coming up. Yes, um, yes. Where people, if it's nice weather, like it has been, people are going to be going to parties. People are going to be going to barbecues. There is still a restriction on the on outdoor social gatherings. Um, so uh, pay attention to the, the governor's um, the numbers on that. You can go to a gathering, and you can go to a gathering of a fairly substantial size, but please do it as safely as possible. If you're outside and you can stay six feet away from everybody, you don't necessarily have to wear a mask, but only if that can be assured. If you're at a party, the pool party, and everybody's crowded around the, the pool deck, wear a mask. Sure. Um, if you're going to go to a barbecue, bring your own food. What we really want to avoid is people uh, throwing caution to the wind and, and putting a big plate of burgers and hot dogs where everybody's grabbing from the same plate. Mm-hmm. Ban the bowl of chips and salsa. Ah, I mean, yes, I, I love chips and salsa. Let's <laughs> ban the bowl of chips and salsa. Have one person who's designated to serve things. That person wears, you know, washes their hands right before they're serving anything. Um, wears a mask while they're doing it. Let's, it and gloves uh, if possible. Not, Gloves, if, gloves are great, but you know, just good hand hygiene is, is fine. Washing your hands, use hand sanitizer. Um, don't touch your face. Uh, those those parties and those gatherings people are going to go to just you know again just like we're not going back to work and it's not and we're going back to work and it's not the same as it used to be. Right. You can go to gatherings, but don't expect it to be the same as it used to be. Um, we're we're not in a period where there is no COVID nineteen, and we certainly don't want big parties and gatherings to trigger. This is the concern. We don't want them to trigger widespread community transmission here. You really don't have widespread community transmission in Portland or across Chatham Health District anyway at this point. I can comfortably say that, but we don't want those gatherings to trigger widespread community transmission. Uh, We want to continue being able to go to work and open things up and and go to parties and see our loved ones and and not have to worry that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that we don't know about that have COVID-19. So we don't want to trick that. <clears throat> no, great. You know, and, and, and school districts too, now that, uh, uh, I, I'm not saying that the, the, the graduations have, uh, have, uh, are, are finished, but, uh, I think uh, our graduation here at Portland high was very, very well received. I think it was, uh, 
uh, done very appropriately uh, with the with the car grad drive-in graduation, and I think the district mm-hmm. did a great job in uh, you know orchestrating things uh, not only with parking and staging and you know all of that kind of thing. Uh, it, it it went off very well, and overall, I think the uh, uh, the response uh, you know not only from the students but the parents with uh, uh, they were very pleased. So uh, and uh, again, uh, unfortunately, the the graduates of 2020 are are you know were cheated in a lot of ways but i think uh, yeah. uh for the most part i think they uh, i know our graduation was very well received yeah i think that they were largely i mean some i mean look there's been a range of approaches to graduation from drive-in to drive-through to virtual there are some school districts that are holding out until uh mid-july in the hopes that the governor is going to ease back on on the restrictions and, and and have an in-person graduation um where everybody's sitting on seats on a lawn somewhere um so we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's somewhat of a risk to bank on the governor even back like that, only to wait and then have to go to a drive-through or virtual in the end. But, uh, you know, I don't fault people for, for waiting to see what, what might be possible. Everybody sure. needs a little hope. Sure. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, all right. Great, Russ. I know, uh, uh, is there anything else uh, from uh, the standpoint? I know... Uh, 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 the, the district, uh, I know you guys and your staff have been keeping busy and, and for the most part have uh, been doing uh, uh, business as usual. I know your inspections and so forth. Uh, you've got some... Uh, uh, we have been busy. I mean, I can tell you, uh, maybe it's because a lot of people have been home. They're doing a lot of projects around their homes, taking out a lot of permits, putting on decks, pools, sheds, things like that. Maybe it's the stimulus checks that people got um, combined with being home and... Uh, uh, facing perhaps a year where they're going to be spending more time at home. But, but our, our environmental health staff are busy. They are busy in Portland. They are busy everywhere in the district. Um, good for the economy uh, uh, and, and good to see people uh, are feeling comfortable enough about uh, finances and, and economic security that they can spend the, the money to do those things. Um, right. So, yeah, we are busy. Uh, one more thing I will say um, is it's been dry. Yes, it has been. Um, it's been dry. Now, that's good for people getting outside and enjoying themselves. <clears throat> but we are starting to see some wells run dry. We're getting a lot of well permit, new well drilling permits and fracking uh, requests at the health department. Uh, we're not quite in drought status yet, but we certainly are well under our, our, our uh, average rainfall for the season. So, especially people on public water systems, uh, when demand goes up, they might see a little bit more turbidity in the water, a little bit more cloudiness, nothing alarming, it's perfectly normal, but, uh, you know, there's not a message yet to conserve, but that may be coming if we continue to see dry conditions, so um, just uh, everybody should be mindful that, uh, you know, watering your lawn for, for an hour every day, I'm going to dial back on that. Sure, absolutely. Now, I know I have a conference call at 10 with the state health department and a lot of uh, uh, districts. I'm also sit on a water planning council and, uh, you know, a lot of utilities have uh, entered their uh, stage one conservation planning. Uh, stage one, that's right. Yeah, as far Not as, sounding the alarm yet, but just uh, looking forward cautiously. It's putting it on a radar screen. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Now, uh, just for quick before you go, uh, Russ, uh, you know, uh, just a little, a little something on, on the, on the summer camps, if you would. Uh, sure. So summer camps, they are permitted to be open with, with certain restrictions. Um, their guidelines have been changing over the last month or so. The, the Connecticut Office of Early Childhood has put out uh, memos around how summer camps can open. Uh, it won't look normal. There will be some restrictions on the number of kids who can be in any one group. Pick up and drop off will 
be a little bit more controlled than perhaps what people are used to seeing where it's just an onslaught of kids running out of cars, hugging and, and, and running around the pavilions and outside. It's going to be a little bit more um, structured, um, but but uh, there are but camps are permitted to to open. Just uh, make sure everybody stays safe. Don't send your kids to camp if they're feeling sick or if anybody in the household starts to get sick with symptoms consistent with COVID-19. So that's really the key. We don't want to see any outbreaks at camps as Ab- a result. Absolutely. So, all right, great. Thank you, Russ. I appreciate your time. Uh, and again, all your good work and uh, everything that you and your staff are doing in the Chatham Health District. And we appreciate your uh, participation in our, our, our weekly uh, podcast. So thanks so much. Uh, I know you got to go. You're welcome. Uh, have a happy Independence Day. Stay safe. Uh, stay healthy and bring your own food. There you go. Thanks, Russ. All righty. Yep. All right. Uh, that's Mr. Russ Melmond, ladies and gentlemen, from the Chatham Health District as one of our uh, uh, frequent flyers here on the Town of Portland podcast. And again, we're live here at the Town Tech Educational Podcast Studio at Portland High School, and I'm your host, Dave Kuzminski. Um, also on the line, uh, we're going to uh, take next is uh, our uh, fire chief uh, slash public works director, Mr. Robert Shea. So, uh, uh, Bob, I think you're still there. Uh, what's happening in uh, DPW and the uh, uh, the public safety sector? Yeah, I'm here, Dave. Thank you so much. It's just always good to to sit and listen to those details that Russ has to offer. We're in contact almost weekly related to you know what we're doing here and our community as far as our locations where we're having positive impacts and making sure that our first responders are certainly aware of those in uh, locations and that we're taking every precaution we can. So to just continue on that note, uh, we are um, still in our response protocols that have changed uh, since March. Uh, They're working well for us. Uh, Our activity is basically steady, although we are uh, seeing a reduction in COVID precaution calls, uh, which is very good. Uh, those that we do continue to receive um, that get uh, s- certainly by our dispatch uh, service, they get pre-screened for us so that we know in advance of response if there's any potential COVID issues there that's still happening. And we're asking those who are ambulatory to meet us outside, which is uh, helping tremendously in reducing the exposure. Those aren't. We're certainly taking all the precautions, not only to protect ourselves, them, and anybody that's in that house. So we continue to do that, and things there have been good. Our PPE is increasing, which is even better to protect our volunteers. Uh, Also, with that, uh, I work very closely here in town as the director to make sure that the PPE is made available for all our staff that works not only highway, but all all our divisions, water, sewer, grounds, um, everyone here, staff in the town hall. And that's getting better. We've been able to purchase, but we've also been taking full advantage of the Region 3 national stockpile distribution that's held weekly. I personally go and uh, make sure that we get in line to get our pickup. So those uh, things are becoming much more readily available, and we're in really good shape for our response as well as protecting the staff there. So that was very difficult um, in March and April. Uh, There was limited supply of everything, as everyone knows, but when you're a first responder and you still have to go and it's limited, it gets a little dicey. But uh, we came out on the good end of that, and we thank everybody for working with our policy and procedures and our response protocol when we come to your home to help. We really appreciate your patience. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, you know, people don't realize, you know, you say, oh, I have some masks. Well, the, the, the masks, as far as the, are, uh, they're consumables, they're disposable. Uh, and you don't want it. It's just like you don't want to keep wearing the same rubber gloves or the same. Yeah, we you, go through gloves and masks and uh, every call they go off, they go into a biohazard bag and they're properly disposed of. Uh, we don't re- reuse anything uh, in our a response protocol. Uh, we're masking on our fire trucks now. We're not reusing those. We do have some personal masks that uh, have been approved that have change out filters, and those are for members that are very active. That seems to keep our stock. But you know, if you think about it, you know the, the town of Portland does uh, an average of about 1,100 calls a year. Maybe 800 of those are medical, and if you think of you know two to four masks per call, uh, you know you're up there in a big quantity. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so we're doing well, though, and we've taken advantage, like I said, and, and the state has been good. The region's been great to us. Russ has helped us uh, through Chatham in the very beginning to get us some supplies, but all in all, we're good. Um, so I think we need to be stay steady and stay protected and uh, keep that distance as well as uh, take all those precautionary measures that have been recommended by Chatham because they seem to be working. The numbers are steadying up. So oh, that's great. Um, on the uh, on the, on the bridge uh, front, uh, what's happening? I, I understand, uh, or I see that they're starting to work nights now. So they are, Dave. Yeah, and uh, there's another progress meeting expected this week that I tried to attend both for the chamber as well as the bridge uh, Mohawks project meeting with the state. And they continue to do some removal. Most of the work now is all in forming and rebar installation in the decking uh, and getting ready to do uh, some pours uh, for those spans that have been completed, Uh, a lot of metal work, uh, an awful lot of steel work related to new riveting and some areas that were found that needed more work that have been planned uh, to be done. But they are moving along, uh, hot weather, I guess is good weather for construction. Uh, that goes along with us here in Portland as well. Um, we could use the rain, but sometimes it's a blessing for us to get some projects done. I think they're seeing a benefit of that and, and less traffic. They're working on St. John's Square pretty readily, trying to get that expansion uh, extra lane in that's going to be coming off of uh, downtown, going down Hartford Ave. That looks like that is moving along. They're doing a bunch of utility work now in that area. That's a maze of utilities related to water and sewer and uh, electric. Uh, So there's a lot of work down there. Uh, I believe the night work is specific to pours. Uh, They are doing other work, but uh, there'll be alternating lanes uh, in the evening, anytime from 7 uh, p.m. to 6 a.m., so that should be noted. And occasionally there is alternating lanes to move some of the bridge deck, which most of that is done, Um, off of the bridge, so they do take a lane, and there's been many phone calls related to, you know, 10 or 15-minute interruptions, but they certainly do that quick, as quick as they can. So I think that's where we are. Uh, The plan out is no work for, I believe, July 5th, but uh, it looks like there might be some small work actually done on the highway uh, on the holiday of July 4th, and it looks like just some paint removal that would be over the the, uh, span um, in the areas uh, of the the Connecticut River, uh, that's on the list. But other than that, um, there hasn't been too too many problems. We have a few fender benders, so please pay attention, um, watch what you're doing, stay off your phone, 
Um, look for the car in front of you and keep your distance. Uh, you know, even those small fender benders cause a lot of um, havoc to the rest of the travelers on both sides of the bridge because it does delay and it creates a uh, a pretty quick traffic jam, um, even down Route 9. Uh, yes. It could be a five-minute interruption, and it could cause a mile-and-a-half delay. Yes. So just let's uh, slow down a little bit, pay attention. Um, let's get over the bridge safely so that way you don't need to see us and we don't need to visit you, um, which is really nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like throwing a rock in the water. You have that ripple effect. It really is, <laughs> and it starts really quick. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, uh, all in all, I think from the standpoint of uh, their their progress, I think they're pretty much on schedule, if not uh, a little bit ahead of schedule, so which is a good thing. In some areas, they are. They did find um, some additional work that needs to be done. There is some more design work that is, is, is uh, you know, going through their details and acceptances uh, with the contractor as well as the state. They certainly um, haven't said they're ahead of schedule for the entire project, but uh, you know what they're getting done. They've been lucky enough to get done and move forward. And you know, unfortunately, this epidemic has has helped them. Uh, in that relation, especially in the beginning, getting set up because there really was little, if no traffic. So, sure. But uh, it is picking up. I'll tell you that um, there is much more traffic. People are starting to get out and go back to work. Like Russ said, some companies are opening, some businesses are opening. You see, this weekend it was very busy on the bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So great. Uh, I don't know if uh, uh, if Susan's back on the line and she was in line I over. Am. Hey, there she is. Okay. Uh, I am. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Dave. Uh, no worries. Thanks for, for coming in. Uh, just to let everybody know that uh, you were in line having a COVID test over in Middletown. So yes. how did that work out for you? Yeah. Well, you know, like yesterday in the afternoon, I got a email actually from Chatham Health District letting us know that this testing was available over at what used to be the Walgreens uh, across from the YMCA at the very south end of Main Street in Middletown. So I took the pre-application survey, submitted it to the website, and within a few minutes, Walgreens had responded that I was eligible to take the test. Um, although I have no symptoms, I met some of the other requirements that are on the survey, and my appointment was for 9.15. Actually, Dave, I got there about 5 of 9, and two cars in front of me extremely efficient. You enter off of Jacobin Drive and go in the back of their parking lot. Mm -hmm. They had a nice little tent set up there, gave me a swab, which I took out of the little carrying case that they wheeled over to my car. Mm -hmm. I took out the little swab. You swab each side of your nostril five times, put it back into the envelope, put it back in the carrying case, and they said, thank you very much. We'll let you know very soon whether you're negative or positive. So it couldn't be easier, didn't hurt one bit, and I must compliment their efficiency. They were very good about asking me the appropriate questions and then just doing the test. So maybe next week I'll give the results and we'll see see how it all goes. You know, in these uh, podcasts and also in the media, Dave, they've been recommending that we do ex, uh, extensive testing. And I think it's just a great idea. I encourage everybody, if they meet the reasons, that, uh, that they go through this process. Uh, and we'll see if we can't conquer this COVID-19. I'm listening to 
Russ, a few minutes ago, Connecticut's doing well, but we can't let our guard down. We have to continue to practice the social distancing, appropriately wearing the face coverings. And um, I've noticed a lot of folks are using a little different kind of mask for the summertime. They're wearing that sort of lighter weight material that they put around their neck and then pull up as they come in front of people. I notice a lot of people wearing those on the airline trail and some of the runners that I see Mm -hmm. around town hall as they're going by. They can pull it down when they don't need to be wearing it and pull it up when they need to. It's It's a great idea to have that precaution. Nobody wants to get sick, and we certainly don't want to if we are unknowingly, unwittingly positive, give it give COVID-19 to any of our friends or loved ones. So absolutely. I encourage everybody to take part. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as Russ said, I think, you know, you and I were both at the, uh, uh, you know, the rally on, on Sunday and so forth and everybody stayed socially distanced. And the Juneteenth. Yes. The Juneteenth. And, uh, everybody stayed socially distanced and, uh, everybody was wearing a mask. And, uh, uh, when you guys did your proclamation, that was great. It came off really well. Yeah, and it, it was a wonderful event to commemorate the date of the end of slavery, June 19th in 1865, where uh, people in Texas received notice um, that slaves were no longer um, were to, be in, 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 to be in bondage, and they were free. Yes. Um, and it was quite an interesting story that um, one of our residents told, and I encourage everybody to learn more about that. In in fact, uh, the selectmen have agreed that we will proceed with some additional training toward um, anti-bias and implicit bias, as well as making sure that we get some good training for our employees, as well as our elected officials and appointed officials and people at large. So I'm working with the Connecticut Conference of Municipalities, Dave, to See if we can't come up with a, a good training that would be available for no cost throughout New England and into New York State. And it's in concert with the National League of Cities. You know, this is a concerted effort to make certain that people of color and people uh, of not color, that we all make sure that we um, recognize we each have biases. I mean, sure. I'll admit it. Um, I've lived a long time, and we know that we all have implicit bias, things we're not even aware of, and sure. to be aware of these things, trained, and try to do our best to make sure justice reigns in our country is very important, and I look forward to working with our residents in that Sure. Endeavor. It's all about education, you know, and, uh, you know, keeping people informed, yeah. and I know uh, you've done a great job as far as in relation with your uh, relationship with CCM and uh, your past officer, and uh, uh, again, I think it's a, it's a great resource that you uh, keep engaging with, and uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous resource for the town also. Yeah, and, and we look forward to working on that. A few of the other things I'll just briefly go over if I could. Sure. Um, you know, we talked at the last selections meeting about our parks and playgrounds. And while we don't have an official camp as we have in many years past through our Parks and Recreation Department, look forward to a survey that Nate Foley is going to be putting out, our Park and Rec Director, and asking parents in particular what would they like to see as far as a playground program later in the summer. He's looking forward to getting that input and then creating a playground program, typically 9 to 12 in the morning, 
and have it available for our children in the summertime. We look forward to having the Route 17 park. We expect that at least parts of it will be open in the middle of July. And in particular, uh, Dave, I'm looking forward to the walking track that has been built at the Route 17 park. It goes all around the soccer field and then around the baseball field. There's an adult fitness track that will be opened, as well as a playground for youngsters between the ages of 2 and 12. We're waiting for the splash pad. The splash pad has to have an additional um, test done. And ironically, the people that do it are out of Canada, Dave, and they're not allowed entry to the United States until the end of July at this point due to COVID-19. Sure. Well, I think it's affected us in a lot of ways, and it's just yes, it goes it to show that. in so many, many ways. Some of the other things that we're working on at Town Hall, we are going to be applying for a grant through the Community Development Block Grant, and we hope to be successful in getting a new van that will be retrofitted for the COVID-19 world that we're living in. An ability to keep the van clean, an ability to keep some separation between the driver and the passengers, and keeping in mind some of that social distancing that would need to occur. We're also going to apply for, we're keeping our fingers crossed, to get our kitchen redone at the senior center so that we can make some meals and perhaps make them available to seniors, either for pickup, delivery. Um, It's something that we've been wanting to do and In light of COVID-19, there are some federal dollars that have come down. And uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. So we're going to be asking to see if we can't improve our senior services. You know, people over the age of 65 are considered vulnerable to this disease and have to take special precautions. So we'll be working on that. And as I said, hopefully we will be successful. The other thing we're going to be doing, um, and I thank uh, Bob Shea for this, he applied to and received a grant of sorts. It's an incentive of $10,000 from Eversource, and we're going to use that money and put some of our own savings in terms of electricity toward improving the lighting at the Portland Library. Our listeners may know that our library board of directors has gotten another grant, and they have improved the library. We have all new carpeting. Um, our public works department repainted the library. Yes. It looks so much better. It's extremely clean, thanks to our public works staff. And we're also going to be getting some new furniture. And to top it off, LED lights that will be saving, saving, savings for us. And the savings will allow us to pay for the new lighting It means better lighting, less electricity, and less maintenance because the LED lights are supposed to last for years. And Bob was telling me that we often have to go in there and replace the lights. So it means less maintenance and better service. So very excited about that. The other thing that we'll be uh, voting on tonight, uh, Thursday, the 25th of, of June, is a lease for the copiers at all of our public schools. The uh, copiers, I think, are more important than ever in terms of making sure that materials, if, if they're not available online, can be made available in hard copy for our students. I know our schools are working very hard 
and we'll be announcing later this summer how education will occur in the light of COVID-19. The last thing I want to mention, um, Dave, is that, uh, again, Public Works put up a new mailbox for information. Now, it's not a U.S. mailbox. I want to stress that. It's only for after-hours or during-hours envelopes that you want to leave for any department within town hall. Our town offices are all open, up and running, but we are not allowing the public to come in except by appointment for um, work within the building. So as a result, we're asking people as they're paying their bills or they want to have communication, applying for permits, they can leave their envelopes within this secure box that's located near the flags, near the, the Veterans Memorial in the back of Town Hall. I think it's extremely convenient, and it's also in keeping with reduction of any transmission of disease, be it COVID-19 or any other disease. So I want to thank Bob and his crew for doing such a good job and keeping us safe here in Portland and doing the work that needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. I know we, we always did have a drop box, and unfortunately it, it, it didn't accommodate larger envelopes. Now this box and, you know, can, can accommodate much larger packages, so, which is uh, good for the public. Hey, we're going to add. We're going to add yeah, to that okay. too. Um, oh, go ahead, Susan. Okay. Susan recommended, and we've been working with the departments just on the box. We're going to also make a change and add one of the smaller boxes that was there. Unfortunately, I can't retrofit that. I wish I could because the top doesn't open. Um, it's more of a mailbox, but where everybody used to leave their envelopes before. We're going to try to incorporate a box there as well that all our very important contractors and, and residents in town that are looking for applications will be able to go to a location outside as well to be able to get applications to do their business. Thank you, Bob. Great, you. great. What Bob. I was going to say is that I want to thank you, Dave and Kevin Armstrong, for keeping us up on all the latest in terms of electronic communication, whether it is through these podcasts, whether it is our town website, or our Zoom meeting, you're doing a fabulous job, and I don't think we skipped a beat in terms of getting information and having the needed input. We have uh, between 20 and 80 people that are able to now, quote, attend our Zoom meetings. And I know we get hundreds of people listening to the podcast, so we're going to continue to do this, and I uh, enjoy the feedback that we get from our Residents, uh, I know that we're doing a good job, but I know we can always do better. So sure. please give us some input by email or or whatever it might be. Drop us a note in our new box. Sure. Uh, any any, any suggestions are, are, are welcome. Uh, Kevin's here with the studio uh, in, in the studio with me now. We're going to get uh, uh, starting on post production after we uh, go off air and so forth. But we also, you know, with the amount of uh, changes and so forth that are coming down on on the website, we have uh, two of our town tech students that are uh, basically uh, that's keeping them very very busy so um, you know the town tech students are a, a valuable resource uh, you know to keeping things up to date and, and going from there so uh, we're all uh, like I say it's a team effort so thank you Dave okay I think that about wraps it up Bob unless you have anything else is uh... no just Dave just uh, just two real quick things uh, Maple Road is is really progressing well we've uh, made some changes and additions to increase the safety we're going to do a little extra paving that we found that was really greatly needed once we got into the road to do the drainage so thanks to the residents in that area for their patience this is a project that's 
you know, long overdue that we were able to get accomplished. The weather has helped, and hopefully within a week or so, um, that area will be repaved and traffic will be a little safer. Uh, drainage will be so much better for the residents um, that live close by there, and we're hoping that that improvement will be long-lasting, um, especially for those who use that road. So just be careful. The detour signs are there. Just go around the block and um, try to stay away from the construction so that you don't have to turn around and go the other way. And hopefully within the next uh, week or so, um, weather permitting, we will be able to get that area complete. The drainage portion uh, has been done, and now we're just working on the road restoration. So Great. High Street, uh, we're there working. Please be careful of our guys uh, when you're out driving. We've had a few couple close calls, and we certainly don't want anybody to get hurt. So pay attention to the traffic detours as well as the signage and slow down when you're certainly going by any construction zone. We're replacing all the catch basin tops on High Street from, I'd say, Carlson Drive down to Bartlett. That is in preparation for a mill and repave, a uh, reclaim and repave of that area. We've had for years an awful lot of rumble strips due to the pitch of that road and, and the oil and chip seal. We're going to try to eliminate that, make it a much safer um, roadway much smoother, so we were able to, you know, work that plan over the past year, and hopefully um, we'll get um, our contractor scheduled in uh, after the holiday, sometime in July. But we're ahead with the highway uh, guys trying to get those drainage tops and catch basin improvements done prior to that work. So those will be some great improvements there, and we'll continue. We'll be out there doing catch basin tops and. Some of our manhole tops in the roadways that are below grade, we're going to get those raised up so we're not, you know, going over those bumps. And uh, we have a lot of work to do. So uh, the guys are busy. Uh, sewer continues. So please don't flush anything that's uh, not meant to be flushed because we're still having problems with that. And water's out doing cross-connection irrigation. So if your water is off, please call us because if you don't and you're on our schedule, we will be there and you will be charged so uh, take advantage of that, and if, uh, by all means, you're getting that done, uh, your irrigation system tested privately, make sure that they're sending us the test. Uh, the best thing to do is ask for a copy of the test and send that to us as well, uh, to our email address or drop it off or mail it to us. That's just redundancy to make sure that we have you on file. Sure, that's great. And again, Bob, kudos to you know all of your crews and uh, the job that you're doing both on the uh, uh, the DPW side as well as the public safety side. I think uh, you're a phenomenal asset to the town, and I think well, thank uh, you. The guys uh, are doing a great job. They're they're out working hard, and they want to work. And I'm really uh, happy to be working with them. So well, you know, it's uh, it, it just takes the captain and you the captain of the ship. Yeah. So that's exactly it. All right, I think that about wraps it up for episode 12 here, our weekly Town of Portland podcast. And again, our guests uh, today are. Uh, our first select woman is Susan Bransfield, and also our Chatham Health Director, Mr. Russell Melmud, and our Public Works Director, Mr. Robert Shea. So uh, on behalf of us all here at the Town Tech Educational Podcast Studio, I'm your host, Dave Kuzminski. Uh, please be safe over the 4th of July holidays coming up. And uh, again, as Russ says, uh, practice social distancing and wear your mask, wash your hands, and uh, we will uh, see you next time. So on behalf of all, stay home, stay safe, and wash your hands. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Dave Kosminski. Please tune in every week for new and relevant conversations about the town of Portland. 
You can find us at portlandct.org or at YouTube forward slash Town of Portland. And now, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing with friends. This podcast was produced by the Town Tech Educational Partnership Program, which is a partnership between Portland High School and the Portland Town Hall. If you're looking to start a podcast for your business or organization, check out towntech.org forward slash podcast to learn more.